Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast, where thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives from around the world share their practical tips, strategies, and stories to help you unleash your potential and achieve your goals. Your journey of growth to become your best starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. This is your host, Natalina Nasruddin. Back again for an amazing episode with yet and again another guest that we've had before. And um, as we've launched this new season of the podcast, I really thought about some of our past guests that I thought were really special and had a great, unique message. And so I brought a few back, as you can tell. And today we have an amazing guest who's reoccurring, and his name is Sean Smith. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Ah, I, I love being in your space. Thank you for the re invite. Yes, thank That's you. That's exciting. Yeah, so I always like to start off by letting the audience get to know our guests in your own words. So if you can just brag a little bit about all the great, I know you've done TED Talks, you wrote a book, you're doing an amazing work out there in the world. But in your own words, tell us a little bit about you and the, and the great stuff that's happening. Yeah, perfect. Uh, well, as you mentioned, I've done a couple TED Talks. I've written a book recently and published that. It's been in the works for a long time. Um, I would say what's most relevant to this conversation is uh, my creative, like my deep dive creative journey really started about five and a half years ago when I wrote my one man show. And that was all on my relationship with my mom. And that just created so much of this like flow in my life, but it caused me to do so much introspection and exploring and, and healing. And, and that's really what caused me to look at what masculinity is, what my masculinity yeah. was about and all of that. And ever since then, my creativity has just kind of exploded. I've done a couple songs and the two TED Talks, both spoken word poems, um, just writing like crazy, done a bunch of videos. I'm, I'm acting now. So I'm, I'm like really trying to take all this work into more of a creative space. But at the core, you know, this idea of masculinity and how we use it, or abuse it as men, especially is always going to be something that's so dear to my heart because it was the most transformational thing that, that I've ever done. Yeah. So I, I want to dive into that a little bit because, you know, in the last, I mean, it's always been this way since I was born, but in the last four or five years, there has really been a huge shift with, you know, hashtag me to some of the challenges yeah. with women in leadership. Um, but I think that in some ways it's also brought a light to men, right? Um, yeah. Men in the workplace, men with vulnerability, toxic masculinity, which I know is a thing. I would really want to. I really want to talk about that today and focus on that because I think it's very, very challenging for men today. And yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are like, "Are you kidding?" Like, you know, women are really struggling. Which I'm not saying that they're not. I'm a woman myself, but. I have two brothers and I see the challenges that are happening with, you know, can I be masculine? Can I not? What's too masculine? What's too feminine? How do I show up in the workplace? How do I be? Can I be emotional? Like there's almost like a crisis identity with men. So I don't yeah. even know where to start. I just know that I think it's a conversation that I would like us to jump into. So I'm going to throw the ball in your court and What's happening? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the best way to start. Just uh, and and, it, and it's <laughs> and it's not a linear, like simple conversation either. So I don't know that there is necessarily a front door to this conversation. 
But um, toxic masculinity, I think, is a very charged term. Yeah. And I think it's important that, you know, we can explore, right? Like you mentioned, women are having a hard time and 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 people of color and like all these marginalized groups and, and men are also having a hard time. And it doesn't do us any good to like compare who has it worse or anything like that, because then that doesn't allow us to explore yeah. the valid discussions about yeah. what is challenging to all of us, but then what's also challenging uniquely to certain groups. And yeah. so I, I agree that men are, and there's a lot of studies that are really looking at the effects over the last several years of men and relationships and the effect of social media and, you know, all the things. And I feel like men don't really have as much connection. I think most of us don't have as much connection as, as we once did, unless we actively seek it out. But I think it's pretty easy for men to just try to find our purpose in something really shallow, or we just think that our usefulness is in our ability to provide or our ability to protect our family. I think, you know, at the core of masculinity, we find meaningful identity in our ability to perform, protect, and provide. I would say those are the three main things that masculinity, uh, it, that we're programmed uh, to, to have value in as men. And that's usually coming from other men. The idea of toxic masculinity, I think, is also really important. Now, a lot of people attack that phrase because they think that we're saying masculinity is toxic. Yeah. And that's not what we're saying. We're saying there's a form of masculinity that becomes toxic. Yes. And so it's, it, it's how are we using now to go one level deeper than that? Um, my, my take is that there's this masculine wound and how we relate to the masculine wound is what becomes toxic, right? And generally what men are programmed to do is if anything is taken from us, then we need to retake that from somebody else, right? So if we are the victims of whether it's abuse on, on some level or bullying or just, you know, whether it's in sports or, or, um, school or performance of any kind, if we feel like we're a loser, like we need to feel like a winner, which comes down to a big word that you said that's really important, which is identity. And so what is it that's going to make us feel like a winner? And usually that's some form of control, dominating, competing, overpowering. And so if I feel inadequate as a man, my male programming, and, and there's a distinction between male and masculine also, right? Masculine is an energy. Everybody has both masculine and feminine energy. And then there's also a distinction between male and female programming. A lot of that has to do with society and our in-groups. But as a man, our male programming is usually that we have to be the fastest, the strongest. We have to be able to outcompete people. So when we feel like a loser, we have this urgency to do anything that we possibly can to regain that sense of being a winner. And usually that is, again, like some form of overpowering. And so a lot of times we'll try to try to regain that sense of control through abuse or bullying or, you know, cheating on our on our girlfriends or wives or something like like we're trying to regain our status as a winner and that behavior is what's toxic. So it's not masculinity. 
It's how we use this wound, how we relate to it. And then how do we try to regain our identity as a winner, as a, as a strong man, as a provider. And, and then that's where, you know, and, and of course there's not like one brushstroke that's going to explain sure. away everything, but we really have to understand the bigness of some of this stuff. And then if you look through that lens, it's actually really simple to see our wounds, if we're just talking about men, to see our wounds through the filter of uh, that's a wounded little boy, right? That's a little boy that's still looking for something and this is the best way that he can get it. And, you know, it, it never works. Like, like overpowering somebody, trying to take what you think was taken from you never works. And it just creates this cycle of abuse. And one, one final thing I'll throw back to you is that the idea of toxic masculinity is actually how I, uh, like my very first poem was written just a few years ago, like about five years ago when somebody asked me about toxic masculinity because Gillette had run an ad campaign and it had created a stir. And somebody asked me what my take on that was. And I didn't know the phrase before that. And then I just felt this like download and I started to, to write a response back to her, but then it turned into this poem. That's like a 13 minute poem. It, it's, it's, it's wow. on YouTube. If, if we want to share it with your listeners, we certainly can. Yeah. But and that was my like dive into what is this toxic masculinity? And was it, what does it mean to be a man? It's a, it's a gigantic conversation, but yeah, like we got to dive in and, and start exploring to. it. So I want to ask a question that mm, might is, is a controversial one, but do you think that the energetic roles, right? Feminine, masculine, and let's even say like gender roles that are male and female right now. We're just talking about the two. Mm -hmm. Do you think that like over the last 10 to 15, 20 years, women's role in society has changed? They've become more assertive in their career, um, in some ways more direct. And, you know, sometimes I've heard many women um, express that they feel like they need to be like more masculine in the workplace. Yeah. And then it is hard to turn off in the relationship with, with their spouse, right? <laughs> so then there's the masculine energy there. Do you think that some of the challenges that are happening specifically with, with men is because like the energies aren't cohesive anymore, right? Like feminine energy, masculine energy, balancing one another. And again, we both have them. I have masculine energy yeah. and I have feminine energy. But do you think that like the dance, specifically in romantic relationships and parenting is off, which is creating like this identity crisis specifically for men? Like they don't know how to be men anymore? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think... So my short answer is yes. And I think it's because it's like, it comes down to what we're comfortable with. Right. And so if you just go back, I mean, it was what a hundred years ago that women were given the right to vote. And uh -huh. that was, yeah. And, yeah. and that was really, uh, if you, if you really look into it, it wasn't that men wanted women to vote. It's just that men wanted a second vote. Right. And so they wanted the women to cast another version of their vote. So there wasn't like this inequality that a lot of men were not, not all men, obviously, but like the institution of, of masculinity and especially the oppression of women, it wasn't like, Hey, yeah, we, we feel bad about, you know, oppressing you for all these years. And now we want equality. But if we, if we just take a look at the lens of simplicity up until very recent, 
it, you know, and, and I'm, I love that you even preface this by saying we're going to get potentially a little controversial here. Um, up until the, 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 the equality, right. Or at least the beginnings of the equality roles were simple. And I under, I understood as a man, not me personally, because this is before my lifetime, but I, as a man and the whole like institution of manhood, we knew what our role was. Women knew what that, what their roles were. Kids knew what their roles were. And humans are so driven by comfort and, and control. And so anytime something gigantic changes like the status quo and changes relationships, now we have to rebalance and like, and, and reorganize and go, okay, well now what is my role? And so specifically if the man's role has always been up until recently, I make the money and you take care of the house, right? Like that's just super simple then once you're no longer only taking care of the house and the kids, and now you're making money also, that's enough to throw us out of balance at least and go, okay, now I don't know exactly who I am or, or what my role is. And then if my identity is attached to my role, then that can become really frustrating and, and disorienting because now, um, you know, my, my, my very simple rules of being a man have changed and any insecurities that I have are going to be exposed by the energy shifting, right? I think like for, for a lot of men, women's empowerment is extremely threatening because it, uh, it attacks what we know about ourselves or it illuminates what we don't know about ourselves. So if we just take a really high level, like simplistic filter, Everything you said, I think, is absolutely true. It's not a bad thing that there's more equality and more inclusion, not just for women, but a lot of different groups. But we also we have to understand, but that does disrupt the, the, the status quo or it disrupts people's discomfort. And I, I don't think it helps for us to just go, you know, well, men just need to get over it. And I'm not saying that to try to defend, you know, my team. But if we want a unit that's going to work together, understanding what's going on with everybody on the team is, is really important. So we can speak to them as best we can meet them where they are, et cetera. So this idea of insecurity, I think is a really big one that, you know, masculine insecurity is actually threatened by feminine empowerment and equality. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we alluded to, it's the balances of energy. Yeah. Right. I mean, too much of one energy period is, I think, going to be challenging. So now how do we take both the feminine and the masculine energy and like do the dance that's going to work, right? Where both people feel in alignment or feel in, in flow, right? Because there's, yeah. a, I can't be masculine because my partner's too masculine or I can't be feminine because my partner is not masculine enough. So now I have to be masculine hundred percent. You know, there, there's always, you know, these qualms with it. So is there, um, I don't know, do you, is there a way out of this or do you think that we all just kind of have to figure it out? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that second one is going to be more accurate because, you know, one of the things that I, that I fully believe in, and we teach a lot like in, in our programs is that, most of us are looking for static rules that don't change or that can be applied across the board for dealing with humans that never don't change, right? Like we're constantly changing and there's so much uniqueness uh, 
that what worked for me is not necessarily going to work for anybody else. But if we can, if, if we can understand some of these high level concepts, then we can start to explore. And I think specifically it's about integration, right? Like one of the things that I did with my exploration into my one man show and, you know, and, and the impetus for this was really looking at my own relationship with my mom who I verbally bullied for the majority of, of my childhood and the majority of my early adulthood as well. And just trying to understand why did I do that? Why did I hurt this woman who literally brought me into the world? And, and just trying to understand why I did what I did led me to touch the, the vulnerability and led me to touch the pain. And most of us as men are not programmed that pain is okay or that fear is okay, or that vulnerability is okay. So I think for men, it is about integrating some of our feminine qualities, that it is okay to flow, that it is okay to surrender, that it is okay to love, it's okay to, to be afraid, it's okay to just be real. And But in certain scenarios, that's not going to be most productive, right? If you're the leader of a team in the corporate world, that's not the time to just be lovey-dovey and tender and you know cry it out. Right. But in your family life, especially, let's say your your children are needing to cry it out. That's not the time to shut them down. And the same thing goes, I think, for women, especially women that have learned to succeed with some of the masculine energy, like in entrepreneurship or leadership or the corporate world or the military. Some of these uh, some of these spaces where masculinity is is really necessary and useful and effective. But then in a relationship that's not really going to work, right? Unless you, unless you find the, the man that has the opposite and equal puzzle piece. So I think a lot of it is just trying to figure it out. And I know that's an infuriating answer to a lot of people because people are like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. But like, we're all a unique set of puzzle pieces and, and exploring what my insecurities are is going to be the same concept as somebody else exploring what their insecurities are, but the answers are obviously going to be different Yeah, because there are just too many, too many variables. But I think it, alignment, the word that you use, I think is so critical and integration. I think those are two of the big concepts that we, that we have to start playing with and also recognize it's going to take a while. You know, I mean, it, like we've been tying all these knots for decades in our lives, right? Just trying to figure this whole thing out. It's not going to be a flip of a switch. But what we learn about ourselves and then what we can bring into our relationships is so insanely worth it if we're willing to, to do this work. I mean, it's messy, but it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I want to jump into the power section of the interview and just throw okay, some sure. questions at you. So yeah. if today were the, you know, your last day here on earth, I always like to ask, what would be your final message or your golden nugget? No. Well, I'm going to, I know that's a, uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to pass on the final message that, that, that I got from my dad, uh, during his final words to me, when I asked him a version of that same question, he said, just be who you can be, do what you can do and live a good life. And that resonates so deeply with me that I'm just going to pass the torch on that one as well. As you know, here at Rise Up For You, we're very big on values. Values are really the key to the foundation, who you are, what you want to be, where you want to go. What's one value that you have that's an absolute non-negotiable? Freedom. <laughs> I didn't even want to let you finish that question. Freedom. <laughs> I love that. And lastly, I have one more question for you. But before I ask you, 
where can we find you? We'll put your, obviously your social media in the notes, but uh, anything at all that you want to share with us, what you have coming out soon, we'd love to hear. Yeah, I can be found everywhere online at Coach Sean Smith. That's my website. Those are all my handles. We do a lot of stuff on YouTube. I've got tons of videos on YouTube. Um, Instagram, I'm starting to share a little bit more of uh, and will be continuing of my acting, my, my acting journey, which has been super fun. Um, that's the main thing that's got me really excited is, is trying to take a lot of these transformational uh, experiences and messages and put them into film. So that we can just, you know, make a lot of this like healing and transformation a part of the common narrative. So that's what I'm most excited about. I love it. Thanks so much, Sean, for joining us. So final question for you. Yeah. As you know, and I believe I asked you this on episode 100, 400 episodes ago. <laughs> as you know, we're the company Rise Up For You. What comes to mind for you when you hear that phrase, Rise Up For You? Authenticity is what comes to mind. So number one, because I see authenticity in you, you. and I've, I don't know, we've known each other for 10 plus years or so. Yeah. And I've been in your space uh, personally. And so I've always appreciated your willingness to just have authentic conversations. But what I love about the, the those four words is for you. And what, what does rise up for you mean to you? And I think what all of us are wondering is, can we succeed? But I think a more important question is, can we succeed as ourselves? Like we don't have to turn into anybody else to, to have success. And that's what I see rise up for you. So even the rise up is aligned with what that means for you and what your purpose is in the world and what your values are and what, what does alignment mean? But I think if, if most of us could just become a more actualized version of our authentic self, then this world would be such a, a different place. It'd be one of more compassion and love and connection and collaboration and co-creation and creativity and all the things that I think we need right now. And I think that starts with our authentic selves being realized and actualized. I 100% agree. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really a pleasure to have you. I appreciate you, Neta. Okay. Take care. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for joining the Rise of You podcast. Every single week, we're bringing amazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, experts from around the world. Their sole mission is to help you become your best, help your team become your best, and really tap into your potential so that you can go out there and make a change in the world. Thank you, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Sean. Thank you.